WA's elite athletes on the podium. Joining us now is a four-time Olympian, a legend in WA and world basketball, and just a genuinely good guy. Welcome to the podcast, Andrew Vlahov. Thank you very much. Hope you guys are well. Yeah, we're doing really well. The Olympics has just been incredible. Now tell us, were you on the edge of your seat yesterday watching the Boomers? Oh, my goodness. Um, I got very, very excited there in the second quarter when we were up 15, and I thought, <laughs> this is, is this going to be the day? Uh, but alas, uh, the US kicked it up another notch, and, um, you know, we, we really didn't have an answer for them. But it was, it was fantastic to watch our boys take it straight to them. And so what emotion did you end up with in the end? It's because it's, it's hard to say disappointment because I, I think they went into the game clearly as the underdogs. Oh, 100%. And as much as even though we beat, you know, the US in an exhibition match in Melbourne and then again in Vegas, uh, it doesn't what, – what probably most people don't understand is that the US doesn't play together. So they get a bunch of individuals that come together and then once they've been together, that, that chemistry process starts to develop – Roles get better defined, and then by the back end of the tournament, they start hitting their straps. and And I think that's exactly what we found yesterday. Is um, is we came up against a team that had made significant improvements since we saw them a couple of weeks ago. So, Andrew, how did the injury and loss of Aaron Baines hurt us? Do you reckon? Yeah, it's a big loss because he's our big unit, and Bogues being out, um, you know, his body basically, you know putting her up the red flag, um, that left the big heavy work to, to Bainsey. Um, and, you know, it, it's hard to, quite, I guess, quantify the, the loss, but um, you could you could mark it down as significant. Uh, but in, in saying that in the same breath, I think Landale and Nick Kay have done a tremendous job for Australia. Yeah, I think they really stood up. I think you're 100% right there. And talking about people who've stood up, Paddy Mills, uh, what about him this tournament? His leadership must have impressed you. Oh, incredibly, and you know, started with the the honour of uh, the flag bearer. Um, but he's just a you know, he's just a quality person. Um, clearly, you know, a really important part of the nucleus of that team that's been together now for uh, three Olympics, and and without doubt, the on floor leader. Um, you know, our offence generally runs through his hands, and um, when he's on, we're on. Um, but what's been really good, I think, in this Olympics is that we've looked, we've been able to see that we've actually bit more than a one-dimensional team, and um, that's been really good. And that'll that'll also hold us very good uh, for for the future. Yeah. Well, now let's talk about the bronze medal match, which is what lies ahead for the Boomers if they can beat Slovenia tomorrow. And it'll be the best we've ever done at an Olympics. How do you reckon we're going to go? The uh, the Slovenians, of course, Luka Doncic has had an amazing uh, tournament so far. He's averaging about twenty six points, but he was wasn't that great against France. Yeah, they they seem to work him out a little bit, but um, Doncic would be, in my opinion, in the top two or three players in the world, and that includes Kevin Durant. Um, so I think he's obviously going to be a handful, um, but I think it's also a matter of, you know, if I was coaching, I'd be thinking about the other four guys on the team in, in making sure that they are less than average. Doncic is literally unstoppable. So you just got to limit him as best you can, but then be able to close out those other guys so they are having sub-performance games or sub-par games. And that's what, you know, quite honestly, we used to do with uh, the Melbourne Tigers and Andrew Gaze. We actually used to tell him to keep shooting because then his teammates used to get pissed off with him. <laughs> <laughs> and as long as as long as only one player on the other team doing all the scoring, you're probably going to be en- you end up all right. 
That's right. He's not going to score 100. He might get 40, but when we held everyone else to uh, below numbers, um, we generally ended up with a win, and that was our strategy. And, and how do you think the Boomers are going to go against Slovenia? Look, I think it's a, it's well matched. Um, we've got our work cut out for them. Look, when you get into that upper echelon, you know, the top four, anyone can win on the day. And, you know, had we been able to keep maintaining our shooting percentages and been able to get stops against the US, we'd be playing in the gold medal game. But it is very difficult. So you've got to be able to, you know, weather the storms as they come, um, but hold true to, you know, your game plan overall. And I think our game plan will be, you know, very, very solid in terms of, who we are as Australia, we'll be defensively orientated, we'll have a very good defensive strategy and then, you know, generally our offence takes care of itself. Now tell us about your Olympic experience for Olympics, that's a pretty epic achievement. Yep, finished four three times too, so still going (laughs) dealing with that on therapy and um, um, you know, unfortunately well I think fortunately I was lucky to play in a a magnificent era uh, of basketball and sort of the coming of age of the boomers and you know, probably that that establishment of the, you know, the benchmark of where we have an expectation to be in the world. Um, it was fun to be part of that that group. Um, but you know, I love the Olympics. It's um, it's been very difficult to get work done in the last couple of weeks, but um, it's it's something that it's a it's a time when I think um, you always look forward to. And and I always like to, or certainly since I've got a bit older, um, started looking at all the other sports like that skateboard kid yesterday. Tizzy made me laugh. Um, <laughs> he's just so so cool, casual, eighteen-year-old gold medalist. You know how cool is that? Um, but just being, you know, being plugged into the national pride, I love it. Um, I love being Australian, and um, and I love being West Australian. So when when we when I watch the Olympics and I keep the eye out for the West Aussies as well, um, and just watching them do well is. It's fun. It's just it's um, it's exactly what this country needed uh, at this point in time. Yeah, and now let's talk about America. We call them the dream team, but you know the reality is back in your day at the '92 Olympics, that was the original and arguably the best dream team. Like, tell us a bit about what the aura was around that group. You, Larry Bird, the Michael Jordan, absolute legends. Oh, I've said this before. There is only one dream team, and that was it. The rest have just been, you know attempted cookie cuts of that um but you'll never get that many hall of famers that absolute icons of the game on the floor at one time ever again um and so when you look at you know the ability of those guys what they achieved in their individual and team careers to then change the game um into such a formidable uh unit uh, and, and mind you, Team USA in those those you know later iterations haven't always won the gold, um, and and that just shows too that the rest of the world has caught up, which is you know exactly what we're experiencing here with Australia. So you know the, the, that dream team was the best ever, and I, I can't see it ever ever being equaled. Yeah, and you can just look at the NBA, and you see now all of the different countries represented in that in that uh, competition, and players doing so well as well. Uh, it's not just a, you know the USA and everybody else anymore. And now, and now looking at the rest of the world, America up against France, gold medal match. The fr- the French have looked pretty good this tournament. Do you reckon they've got a crack? Oh, absolutely. Um, they beat. For, you know the US in their in their pool game, so they know what it takes. Um, but again, I'll, I'll go back to my earlier point about the US that they saw in in game one of the pool games is not the US that they'll see in the gold medal game. And so I think the the difference France will see uh, will be significant. Um, 
But, you know, France are no slouches. They've got, I think, seven or eight NBA guys themselves. Um, and then again, playing for, you know, the whatever they call themselves, the, the Blue or, or the Frogs or whatever they are, um, <laughs> they, uh, they would be, you know used to playing with each other so their team chemistry will be good uh, and probably better than the US but just on pure talent levels if Durant plays like he did against us I don't think France has got much of a chance. And do you think there could be a bit of a revenge in the air for for the team USA because in that game against France they were they were out of sorts Lillard you know he was throwing up bricks he couldn't hit a, a shot to save his life Durant didn't play well afterwards it looked like you know they it wasn't so much shock as and maybe it was shock. There was just a look on their face of complete disbelief uh, that they'd been upstaged at the Olympics by France. Yeah, and then it was interesting to watch them sort of internalise that uh, finger pointing. You know that that the kids are coach's problem and and all that. And, and and when I first read about that, that after that loss, and they they felt like you know Popovich wasn't doing the right thing. I mean, the bloke is an absolute icon, and it'd be. Any team would, would absolutely love to have him as a coach. But I think once they got to the House of Mirrors and had a few heart-to-hearts inside their own locker room, I reckon um, that's when they were, you know, the coach is not that bad. It's actually our issue. Uh, and then they've started playing better ever since then. But, you know, there's there's no question there will be revenge. And when, when and I'm saying it's not when, not if. So when they win the gold, they'll be able to say, yep, we took care of France, we got our revenge, and they'll be able to spin that in the US as just a, just a little bit of an anomaly. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt about that. And so as someone who had four Olympics, four closing ceremonies, and all of the fun and spectacle that goes along with it, do you think that the athletes at Tokyo who just get straight back on a plane have to come back to Australia and do 14 days of hotel quarantine like, are really missing out on something that, that you now look back on with really fond memories? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, it's a. On one hand, certainly grateful and pleased that the Olympics actually got up in this pandemic. Um, but for the athletes themselves, closing ceremony and the celebrations with teammates and other members of the Australian team, they're going to miss that this year. And then to make matters worse, like I know that the people that are going into Howard Springs for their quarantine, they're not even allowed to have a beer. So it's a dry camp, and so you know after five years of preparation and sacrifice, etc., um, surely I'm calling on the Prime Minister to send her a couple of beers, mate. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, too. And now uh, the boomers... I know Margaret Gowan would. Yeah, oh, he would, for sure. <laughs> the state daddy would do it. And so tell me, before I let you go, did uh, the boomers teams in your day ever get up to the same sort of hijinks as the, the rugby sevens and the Ollie Roos that we've seen get into trouble in the last couple of days? I can neither confirm nor deny that statement. <laughs> Andrew Vlahov, four-time Olympian, basketball legend. Thanks for joining us on Let's Go Tokyo. My pleasure. Thanks, mate.